You're listening to Firearms Trainers Podcast, Season 4, Episode 9, published on November 1st, 2022. This episode will be talking about Samuel Middlebrook from Red Hawk Firearms in low round count classes. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage and their competitive pricing. If you're a certified instructor and teach classes, you can apply for FTA coverage. And remember to use promo code FTP10 at checkout for 10% off on your policy. This episode is brought to you by the ConcealedCarry.com business directory. Did you know that you can get a free listing for your instruction business on ConcealedCarry.com? Visit biz.concealedcarry.com and add your business for free. It will be searchable online and to potential students who use the ConcealedCarry.com mobile app. Claim your listing today. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every farm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Samuel Middlebrook from Red Hawk Firearm Training. Welcome, Samuel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks so much for having me, and it's good to get to have a conversation with you. No problem. Uh, appreciate you coming on again, sharing your experience, because I think uh, you you and I were both uh, working together at the Guardian Conference in September of 2022, and I saw some very interesting things that I think our instructors would be very interesting to know about, um, but for those instructors that haven't listened to or don't know who Samuel Middlebrook is, can you go along and give us a little bit of your background and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Samuel Middlebrook. I'm the owner of Red Hawk Firearm Training. Uh, I live in Yakima, Washington, and I do most of my teaching in Washington State, but also travel uh, as necessary and as invited. Uh, my background, uh, I have done many things in my career. I've been a professional musician. I've been a pastor associated with Christian churches. And uh, my my latest foray is in the firearm community. And I've spent the last uh, five years, maybe six, um, learning how to help people fall in love with learning. And it happens to be about firearms and defensive training. But my goal is to teach people. And the realization that I had along the way, understanding that I cannot teach guns anything, but I can teach people a great deal, shifted my thinking a lot into how I teach and to how I train other people to do this stuff. And as fellow instructors that listen to this, because I listen to this regularly and learn a lot from your other guests and from you, but uh, for instructors that are listening to this, especially if you're new, keep in mind that your job is to teach people. And if you are a student of your students, you can go a really long way. Profound thoughts there. Very, uh, pr very profound. Well, Samuel, on our topic today, as I went talked about in the introduction, you and I worked together at the Guardian Conference. And here's the thing that I found very, very um, strange. I'll just, I'll just state it like that. We did a intro pistol class to make sure people at Guardian Conference had the skills appropriate to take the more advanced classes of holster work, um, low light, you know, those, those kind of courses. And you and I worked together for about four hours uh, with you know, about 14 students. But in both classes we worked together on, we, we shot less than 25 rounds. And on top of it, you're, the students by the end of those four hours were shooting at 40 yards 
with their dominant hand and non-dominant hand be able to hit steel at 40 yards. And, you know, the students I know picked up a lot of good bits and pieces, uh, you know, from your instruction, but they didn't go along and shoot a couple hundred rounds that I've seen before. You know, I've, I've gone to classes before where we, we shoot a thousand rounds in a day, which means I'm shooting, you know, close to 500 rounds before noon and 500 rounds after noon. And I wanted you to really go along, kind of lay out how you went up and have this methodology of doing it and what your focus is since we're not pulling the trigger 10 times and then saying well you know try to go along press you know press the trigger a little differently get a better grip on it shoot another 10 you know you had a very interesting approach when it comes to all those uh, types of ways of doing things so it comes down to this experience is not the best teacher evaluation and learning from our experience is where all the learning comes into play. Think about it this way. When I graduated high school, I graduated with about 300 other people at Tomball High School in Tomball, Texas. And of those 300 some people, we all walked away with very different abilities and skills and very different experiences, even though we were all exposed to the same curriculum. And we all went through the same experience, but there were some in my graduating class who really took learning to a deep level, and they came away with a whole lot more learning than perhaps I did and others in my high school class. And we can take this, this analogy and apply it to firearm training like this. I can go and I can shoot 400 rounds, but if I'm just shooting 400 times, Am I able at the end of those 400 rounds to delineate which of those rounds were useful for me to learn from and which of those were wasted because I wasn't thinking of and evaluating what I was doing in the process? What did I do well? What can I build on? Uh, what did I not do well? And what do I need to erase from my shooting? And so my style of teaching over the years has really become focused on helping people to experience something, to experiment with it, to express that in thought and to the class out loud, and then to evolve. And if we don't take the time between evolutions, let's say we're going to shoot six rounds on target. If I don't give you time to pause after you have safely holstered and all the guns are put away, if I don't give you time to just stand and think or even sit down and just think, what did I just do? What did I do well? What can I build on? And another key component of this style that you saw at the Guardian Conference, you'll notice that I didn't spend a lot of time correcting what was wrong. What you saw me do was help people think about what they got right and build from there. Because increasingly, I am curious about the idea that we learn more from, from what we got right than what we got wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be pointing out mistakes, especially if there are safety issues involved. But what I am trying to say is that if we want to help people fall in love with learning, especially in firearms, we need to show them what they got right and help them build on that and give them an opportunity to evaluate any experience we just gave them so that they can learn from it and move on building upon that success 
as opposed to trying to eradicate every ounce of failure. Because guess what? I fail. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. We all do. We all, we all have off days. We all have off shots. Um, I've missed. I'm going to miss again. But the question is, am I going to build on what I'm doing well, or am I going to continue to dwell on what I got wrong? I believe one of those is the path to better learning. And I think that's building on what we did right. Yeah, most definitely, because I I think about my own journey when it comes to shooting. Um, Every time I did something or every time the bullet didn't go where I wanted to go, you know, I went there and, okay, well, you know, what I, what I do wrong, you know, which what I'm hearing you're saying, and I saw it in, in action, didn't worry about what we did wrong. We, we went along pointing out to the students what they did right. So, okay. So one, one out of three shots went low. Well, you did, did really good on those other two, you know, repeat what, you know, what you're doing on, on those two good shots and not do what's on that, on the, you know, one bad shot about it. And so a lot of, a lot of progress in these beginning shooters of going along and understanding how to, how to go along safely, correctly, and accurately go along and, you know, shoot their firearms without, you know, again, a high round count. And so what you saw happen was that I spent the first hour and a half of a four hour block talking Mm -hmm. and what this does for new shooters, I believe, and based on feedback from a whole lot of students over the years, is that the more time I spend talking in a very calm, confident manner, the more confidence they have in what they are hearing. And they are able to very quickly believe that they can do what it is I'm asking them to do. Another key component is I asked them on their very first shot of the day to do something fairly difficult for a brand new shooter. I just didn't tell them it was difficult. If you remember, we stood back at 15 yards and we were on cardboard targets and we had a a standard A zone and standing at 15 yards, about 10 or 11 out of those 14 people put their shot directly onto the A of the alpha box on their Mm -hmm. first shot. Um, and then we followed that up with a second shot and they were putting it right on top of the one that they just shot. And I was asking them to hit an A zone at 15 yards. And then on their second shot, asking them to put their round in the same exact place. And most of them were able to do it. And that's because I told them what to do and invited them to simply do that. But the the biggest thing that I want to point out here, and you said it brilliantly, let's say they had, let's say they had three shots, two were on target and one went low. Let's, let's say that on their first evolution of fire that I gave them three magazines worth. And let's say they're all shooting, you know, uh, double stack nine millimeter with like, you know, 15 rounds in the mag. Well, I could have given them 45 opportunities to run their gun. And because of those 45 opportunities, they wouldn't be able to evaluate which one was my first shot again, which one was my second or fifth or 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And so by, by only shooting a small number of rounds, our first evolution of fire was six rounds. Um, By shooting a very small number of rounds and then having everyone safely holster and talking through that slowly and helping them do that. 
we were able to then walk back under cover and just talk for a little bit about what just happened. And because they only have a handful of shots to remember, they can now accurately recall that and build on what they did right. And so I think one of the mistakes that I have made in the past is giving people 20, 30, 40 opportunities and then trying to evaluate it. But by that time, there's no memory of what actually happened. And so I think breaking it up into small digestible chunks and then taking time to evaluate what we just did, to talk about what we were experimenting with, to talk about what we were experiencing, and to talk about how we're going to evolve from there is supremely helpful, not just for brand new shooters, but I find this method works really well with the most advanced shooters that I see. And I teach a two-day class that's my most advanced thing. It's called the test. And over two days, we might go through 150 rounds, but every round, literally every round gets evaluated. And I think that's a key component to the style that that I and the Red Hawk team have created. There's two guys on my team named Justin Williams and Darren Grone that have helped me develop this. And the more the more time we spend talking about it and evaluating our experience, the more we are able to see students learn and grow very quickly. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And uh, at one point when you're talking about evaluating, I can remember I was invited, you know, as we're doing, you know, individual people to go along and go up and shoot and Hey, who, who doesn't like to go along and pull the trigger a few times, you know, when you're in the middle of a class, because normally instructors get very little trigger time. And I thought it was very, you know, obviously I can shoot, um, probably shoot better than a lot of the students that were there, but I still want to take the time. And you still gave me some very good feedback on my shooting, which was right in line with what the others, what you were doing for the other students of giving them just, a, you know, some small things to adjust because, it, and I've talked to new instructors about this before. If you go along, overload the cognitive stack of the student, they're only going to remember one or two things. So if you give them 10 things, the only thing they're really going to uh, sink in is one or two things in which the style you did. And I really liked it was you went along, you saw them sh shoot and you really didn't look at what, where the, where the shot went on the target. You just looked to saw how they were shooting and then made your judgment and made your suggestion from there, which well, you know, helped because all what I focused on was the target. You focused on what I was doing ever, everywhere else, which I thought was, you know, again, one of those very, uh, very good styles of instruction because you didn't overload my cognitive stack with telling me, Hey, I got five things I got to change. And, and, you know, I've shot before, but these new shooters or you know, less experienced shooters, you know, they would have been completely overwhelmed if you gave them, you know, just, just five things to focus on. You gave them one, maybe two things to focus on. Yes. And yes, you are a very good shooter. Um, and still, uh, I was able to see just one thing. And call that out and say, hey, work on this. And at the time that I did that, I also asked you to write it down. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that way you can work on it later and remember what it was that I said. Because especially at a conference where you're you know, going to be working with multiple instructors over multiple days, I want to give you something to go home with. Because everything that I gave in that uh, second class that you were a part of, 
is something that now becomes a part of your dry fire practice if you choose to leverage it that way. But for instructors, what I want to tell you to those listening is, hey, I get it. I'm one of you. Um, I understand. And sometimes it's really tempting to watch the target. Uh, The target can't help me coach. Uh, The target can't help you shoot. You have to see something in your sight system, whether that's irons or a dot or whatever it is that you've got on your gun. And so I need to focus on what your gun is doing and what you are doing with that firearm. And I can't see that if I'm watching the target. And so I think it's imperative that as instructors that we try to minimize the number of people that we have running a gun at a time so that we can pick up on what these shooters are doing and then try to give them one positive reinforcement at a time that they can make a note of, think about, experiment with, and evolve with. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and one thing, too, when I mean, you mentioned it, we had 14 people online shooting pistols, which is on the higher end of the number of instructors to students' ratios. But with the way that you went along and approached it with doing a very slow, methodical approach, they shot one. And then you and I went by shooter by shooter, examined what they were doing, made suggestions to them so that we weren't shooting, you know, again, 20 rounds and trying to trying to correct them. Uh, it was one shot. We were looking, seeing what they were doing, making sure that, you know, where were the fingers? How were they gripping it? How, you know, where were their thumbs at? All these different pieces that instructors will look at but again trying to give them small little incremental pieces so the first shot they change you know the way way their fingers on the trigger the second one maybe they you know how they look on the sights and third one and that slowed you know that kept the round count down but i think also gave them the ability to to hear the feedback apply the feedback and have the uh experiential experience to go along and actually know that, hey, wow, that really did make a difference. So this time when they give me some another small piece of information, it's going to add to it, which, you know, as we saw, we saw a lot of a lot of good beginning shooters become better beginning shooters uh, with, with using both their dominant and non-dominant hands. The other method to the madness is that <clears throat> other shooters that aren't on the line, that are awaiting their turn, have the opportunity if they choose to leverage it to hear positive reinforcement given to every other shooter and so even if that wasn't their thing they're able to hear oh this was a good thing to do i should do that and so they're hearing all of this positive reinforcement into what people are getting right and so whether they realize it or not they are hearing multiple multiple examples of what people are doing well And I believe that starts to sink in to your thinking as a shooter. And it it gets proven for this class. Uh, This class was a condensed four-hour version of an all-day thing that, that I do called handgun experience. And what we did in in the class that you were a part of, and we do every time, is I walk students back to 40 yards. And previously, they've the furthest they've shot is 15 or 20. And so I double that distance and I put the gun in their other hand. Mm-hmm. Now, they, now, they're shooting two hands, but they have switched. And the reason why I do that is this takes away every bad habit 
that they have thought of or developed, whether they're brand new or whether they've been doing this for a long time. And now they take the the grip methodology that I teach, and all they have to do is see what they need to see and let their support hand be the rock that supports the firearm. And now their their goofy hand, all it has to do is run a trigger. And you saw what I saw. Uh, I think it was 12 out of 14. Uh, nailed that C-zone steel target uh, pretty dead center mm-hmm. on their first try. And uh, this isn't magic. It's not wizardry. It's simply a way to show shooters that this method that they are learning works really well. And it works so well that they can go to the farthest distance of the day and put a shot, a very rewarding ding on steel at kind of a ridiculous distance. And at this time, I still haven't told them that what I'm asking them to do is considered difficult. Mm -hmm. And because they are able to take all of these positive reinforcements without really thinking through all of the negatives and what I did wrong or what I got wrong, uh, they are able to, with confidence, press the trigger without the sights moving. And the result is a hit on target. It's not rocket science. Um, It's just, I think, the result of giving them a small number of rounds to execute what I've asked them to do and then giving them time and space to evaluate whatever it is that they have just experienced. I thought it was very, um, very insightful because like I said, I, I, even myself, you know, beginning pistol classes, you know, we shoot a hundred rounds in a class and I, looking at from this way i'd made the mistake previously of you know okay we're gonna go you know shoot five rounds shoot 10 rounds and then we'll evaluate and try to make changes from it but going along doing this individual one at a time kind of approach really uh showed me how successful you can make those beginning uh shooters uh be able to go there and they don't know what's difficult they don't know uh you know, that you'd have to be a really good shot to be able to make this. All they know is, okay, I'm going to do it this way, this way. You make a few, uh, incur- you know, encouragements, you know, how they can correct it. And then all of a sudden they're making those uh, difficult shots. It was interesting getting feedback from students that went from this class to others, because I understood my role at the conference with this, you know, handgun experience class it's just fundamentals i knew that my job was to ramp people up and get them safe and consistent and competent with their handguns so that they could go to other more advanced classes um but it was interesting the feedback that i got from students when they went to other classes they said holy cow we stood at seven yards and that b8 looked like a weather balloon or you know that that silhouette target man there's no way i could miss it because I knew that I stood at 40 yards with my other hand and drilled it. And it gave me an extreme amount of confidence. And in, in the context of firearm training, I think it's important that we as instructors understand that our hope is that people are going to move on from our classes and go somewhere else. Uh, hopefully, we're going to help them fall in love with learning and hopefully fall in love with firearm training to the point where they are willing to become training junkies. And the more confidence and competence that I can give students on day one, 
the more likely they are to get hooked on this thing that we call shooting and training. And it pays off for the entire community when we are doing our job well at the fundamental level. I can definitely say all the students that we had in those uh, two classes, uh, the entire weekend, they had big smiles on their faces. They enjoyed it. The conference, uh, no, they enjoyed the class. And they only shot 25 rounds in your class, but you know, again, they <laughs> yep. had big smiles on their, on their faces and they enjoyed the conference because I think it gave them the confidence and, you know, the old saying confidence breeds confidence. Well, I think that's exactly what happened is they came from your class and was like, well, if I can do 40 yards then you know, the, the B8 target shouldn't be that hard, you know, standing, standing there at 10 right. yards shouldn't be that hard to do. And when you right. approach something with confidence, it makes things a lot easier to do and, and I even look at it this way. Even if they would miss a B8 target, you know, when they're shooting at seven yards, they know, okay, wait a minute, hold on, take a step back. Let's do it. Let's, let's focus on, you know, I need to go along, grip it a little differently, you know, go along and, you know, pull the trigger differently. Those types of things. They don't go along and start saying, well, damn, you know, I thought, uh, you know, I'm going to miss it just like I did last week when I was on the, on the range practice. I'm going to miss it. You know, that that's kind of self doubt. And that's where, good uh quality instructors will learn how to keep people focused on the positive because as you said the hole in the, in the paper isn't going to change i mean you can sit there and have your back turned it turned toward it all day long and still going to be there when you turn back around to it the thing you can change is that person who's pulling the trigger going along and having them understand what they can do to better operate that firearm be more accurate accurate with it and hopefully they leave, you know, our four-hour experience together at the Guardian Conference. Hopefully they leave with a different mindset so that when they miss, instead of thinking, well, I suck and I'm always going to suck. Hopefully, even when they miss, their first question is, what did I do well? Even though I missed, what did I do well? Was there something that felt right? And how can I build on that so that this doesn't happen? Um and when we are able to help students develop a mindset of, of, of growth and building on their successes and what they're doing well, um, one miss isn't going to shatter their world. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's the hope. Exactly. Well, I definitely can say I took away some great lessons for, you know, for how to apply to my instructor, uh, my classes that I have both from the instructors I teach as well as students I teach. So I definitely appreciate the time that we, we had together there at the Guardian Conference. Good. I'm, I'm really thankful for what you did as a part of it. Uh, you're welcome at any of my classes to help anytime you want to, man. Okay. Well, I'm out in uh, Washington State, so Tom might just look you up. It'd be awesome. good catching up with you again. Hey, Samuel, uh, we've been asking all our guests this year to, to recommend an annual event that you think instructors should go check out and maybe attend. Do you have one in mind? I have a very different answer for this question, and I hope it's okay if I don't mention an event, but mention something that probably happens in every one of the listeners' communities that they can take advantage of. If you are a instructor and you are teaching new shooters, of any variety on any discipline, I recommend once a year you go sign up and take a class in something you know nothing about. Absolutely nothing. Uh, it may be pottery or auto mechanics or painting or 
a music lesson, something that you don't know anything about. And I want you to show up to that class as a student. And I want you to experience what it's like to show up on day one all over again, not knowing any of the terminology, not knowing how any of this works, and getting that feeling again so that you can better relate to your students. Because your students show up and they may not know what a muzzle is. They may not know how the gun cycles. They may not even know how their ammunition is put together or how to put it into a magazine. And so often we get so used to our tribe and our our language and the common vernacular of training that we forget what it's like to show up on day one knowing absolutely nothing. And so I recommend, I think one of the best things you can do is show up at a class that you know nothing about just for the experience so that you can better relate to your students. Uh, I think you'll learn a lot about how you can better communicate to the people that are paying you for instruction. Uh, and it might help you learn how you can explain things differently or in a refreshed way that can really help the people that are coming to your classes. Mm-hmm. And I'll, and I'll add one, one step onto this. When I do instructor classes and all the instructor classes that I do have some kind of qualification to them, I use that time to remind people, you know, when they feel anxiety, they, when they get the sweaty palms, when they go along, when they have the self-doubt is, you know, instructors remember what that feels like, because that's the exact same feeling your students are going to go when you, when they go along and say, okay, we're going to take the state's qualification test today, or, you know, here, here on the range, doesn't matter what it is or anything else like that. As soon as you use that four letter word test, you're going to have people go, go along and their anxiety level goes up. They get the sweaty palms. They get the self-doubt. It's like, man, you know, when I was in school, you know, you know, I, you know, I barely passed, you know, gym. That's how, you know, that's how bad I was, but you got to go along and to your point, you know, know what that feels like, because that gives you a lot of empathy toward those people for when they come in and say, Hey, I've been there, you know, Four weeks ago, you know, when I passed my instructor class, I had my own self-doubts, but today we're going to go along, give you all the confidence in the world to go along and pass the state's qualification or whatever the, whatever test they're going to take. And it makes a big difference because, you know, in your course specifically, you know, they, they shot at 40 yards. They hit the, the, uh, the metal, the metal target. And then boom, they were able, they felt very confident going, going from there. And that shows you that if you can give them confidence then it breeds confidence uh, all, all together. So I think that's a great, great way for people to go along and not just, okay, I'm going to take another handgun course or rifle course or something, but do something where it's like, Hey, I'm going to learn, learn yoga or something else like that. I mean, I've never done yoga and I would feel extremely, um, out of place, you know, in a yoga studio, say the least on the flip side of it, would I, you know, be humble to be able to go along and say, wow, that person really can do yoga a lot better than I can. And that would be a, interesting that's a that's a great great suggestion for our listeners man when you show up for a yoga class let me know i will book a flight and just come observe <laughs> i'll tell you what i'll take pictures and i'll and then i'll sell them you know there you go <laughs> yeah rob's doing yoga yeah i could i could that could be that could be a we could make that into a youtube channel that would i yeah. bet you they would get a few list a few watchers for that for sure and no, I'm not going to do that I anytime up, soon. I would sign up in a heartbeat. 
Well, hey, Samuel, where can people find out more about Samuel Middlebrook and how and, and what classes you've got uh, scheduled through uh, Red Hawk Firearm? You can find me at redhawkfirearmtraining.com. You can also find the same name on Facebook or make uh, friend me on Facebook, Samuel Middlebrook. Um, our business model is that we teach a lot of classes locally and throughout the region and other states. But one of the things that we do really well is we organize private groups all the time, all around the country. And you can put together a team of, of people that you want to learn with and will come to you. And we will uh, give you our method. And one of the favorite things that I've done lately is groups of instructors getting together as a private group. And then we spend a day or two days just talking about how we can instruct better. And so if I can help you with any of those things, or if you just want to check out what I'm doing, RedHawkFireRoundTraining.com or find me on Facebook. It definitely. And uh, we'll, we'll talk. Maybe we'll get you out here in Ohio. Um, because I think you've got a lot of valuable experience that can uh, help people. A lot, a lot of, I saw you in action. And I could I cannot say enough about twenty five rounds on a four hour course. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, it saves money at the same time. It, it it gave great great levels of confidence to the shooters. So I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of you, Samuel from that standpoint. Well, I want to thank you, Rob, for this podcast, and I have learned so much. I drive all over the place. And one of my first things I check out is to see whether or not you've got a new episode and your service to the community of instructors and your service to me personally has been incredibly valuable. And so I want to thank you for consistently putting in the work and the time to bring so many different voices to the table and to give me an, an opportunity to learn every time I hit play. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Samuel. And it's uh, my pleasure because one of my big passions is education. And it's not just education of new shooters or advanced shooters. It's education of helping instructors be better and be, being the best instructors they can be is the best way I can, I can, I can phrase it. And there's not enough, uh, information out there. And that's where if I'm lucky enough, Bill, comb through the in industry insiders and such and bring that information to the surface. So people get those little nuggets of information, kind of like what you're doing today. I'm more than, more than willing to go along and do that for people. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, Thank you, man. Samuel, have a good one. All right, brother. That's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found some good information that can help you out in your classes. Do you have a topic you'd like me to talk about or know somebody that I should talk to? Email me your ideas at ftp at concealedcarry.com. You can also leave us comments on our Facebook page or on our website at farmtrainerpodcast.com. Remember, at our website, you can also listen to previous episodes of our podcast and leave comments. I also ask you to leave us a review on Google Play or iTunes, wherever you listen to us at. These ratings help us get more people to understand the value that you get from our content. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America like you that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.